Hello and welcome to another episode of the D4H Bravo Zulu live stream series. I've got a great guest on uh, with me today, uh, Ginny Katz, who is the CEO of Hazadap. Um, Ginny is going to discuss all about community, community resilience and inclusivity in emergency management. And this is going to be great because Ginny has as the uh, as the founder of a product that helps emergency managers and emergency management agencies help their citizens and everyday people to connect safely to resources in an emergency. Um, and you'll hear what that means. It's probably not what you imagine. It's not just magic tech to connect you to 911. Um, this, is, this is getting them information and getting information back from them and all the way down from a bottom-up approach. Um, so we're going to be talking about that today. Um, as always, this is a live session. Um, you know, you can join us on here at any time in the in the comments. Uh, if you'd like to ask a question, just post it in the comments. Um, we're going out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And you can watch it back on all of those platforms afterwards. We're also going to put this out in our podcast, so you'll be able to uh, listen to it there too. Okay, let's meet the star today, Ginny. Hey, Ginny. Hey, hey How you Robin. Doing? doing so great. How you doing? Great, thank you very much. We've just been doing a quick catch up before the show, and I'm amazed to hear all about uh, Ginny's Ginny's product. Ginny, what is it? What is Hazadapt? So Hazadapt is your emergency assistant and a hazard guide. So Hazadapt is the absolutely free tool available on both app stores and on the web, um, and it'll help you know what to do before, during, and after an emergency, and it'll help you get connected to the right crisis response that you might need. So. We'll take a look at it in a minute, but give me an example. If we had if we had a hurricane now, yeah, how do what would I what how would I use Hazadapt? Okay, so you know more more than likely you would know a little bit beforehand with a hurricane, right? They kind of tend to know they're coming. Um, so you just probably go to the hurricane information in Hazadapt and see they have a preparedness section, and it'll tell you, all right, here's how you can prepare your home, your family, um, but not just you know yourself, but also your kids, your pets, um, people with disabilities. Um, getting them connected to resources that might help their particular needs. Then when that hurricane hits, you know, you might experience power outages, floods. Um, Hazadap can not only help you deal with the hurricane issues, but also those other side disasters that come in while it's happening. And then hurricane's gone, you're recovering, and you want to find resources maybe to help you recover or help those around you recover. Hazadap can give you, you know, tips for that, for cleanup, uh, and get you connected to recovery resources. What do you mean by bottom up? What's the bottom up approach? Ooh, great question. So most disaster tech is top down, kind of like D4H, mm -hmm. meaning we they support, you know, uh, incident command and managing the crisis. Bottom up means, you know, we're starting with the people. Uh, starting with the public and making and giving them the tools and resources that they might need for their own disaster response and helping them connect to that top resource. So uh, one way I like to think about it, you know, when I first started this, I was I was actually researching and working in uh, emergency management and GIS and data viz is my jam uh, and community engagement through digital communication. So we're out in the community and we're helping people prepare for, you know, the big one, the earthquake that, you know, may happen here on the West Coast. Uh, and I was realizing, man, we don't really have a lot of the languages uh, or things that we might need inclusively to make sure everyone in the community has the resources they need. Um, so I started looking to see, well, surely someone's building some kind of platform. I mean, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter. Why isn't anyone doing this? 
Uh, and that's really what kind of started my journey on saying, how do we help people help themselves and support emergency response as they're trying to engage the public? So bottom up really refers to uh, servicing the most vulnerable first, and that's the public. Excellent. So this is this is the a tool for the public to help them find information out and communicate it back. What um, what does humanity friendly tech mean? Yeah. So humanity friendly is our standard of tech ethics that we build by. So it's a kind of an umbrella term that means one, our technology is built inclusively. That refers to how it's designed. And these aren't just like woo woo, you know, feel good words. These are actually like specific strategic design and implementation tactics that we use to make sure our tech is ethical. Um, so it's designed inclusively, uh, meaning, you know, whatever your cognitive learning style, uh, even on the best day or your worst day, HASDAP mm -hmm. is easy to use. All of the information is written between a third and eighth grade reading level. Um, and we offer seven language, more, languages more coming uh, and, you know, equitable information for kids, pets, elderly, disabilities, veterans, um, wildlife, animals uh, or, and uh, farm animals. So we really wanted to make a guide that was inclusive and easy to use for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but the other part of humanity friendly is that we are community centered. Um, most apps and platforms are really based on the individual user, right? How are you, uh, you know, helping yourself? But HasApp is geared to really build um, individuals and build community. And that's so important for resilience, right? Because that's a, that's a team sport, right? <laughs> we need our neighbors, we need people around us uh, to really you know, work together to be resilient. And then finally, humanity friendly also refers to um, us being humane tech. Have you heard of this new wave of technology called humane tech? No, tell me about it. Okay, so it's super cool. Um, humane tech and the Center for Humane Technology uh, is a movement for technology that doesn't uh, really take advantage of people. So we've mm -hmm. seen how Facebook um, has really built their platform, um, you know, to uh, really grow off of engagement. And that engagement can be not necessarily the greatest for people. Um, like we've seen hate speech, misinformation, um, and other, you know, bad uh, things come through on Facebook and be promoted and boosted because it supports their engagement. And that's not humane. That's, you know, basically making money off of people's weaknesses. Mm. Um, and, you know, for a social media platform, that is horrific, you know, that they would do that. Um, and not correct that. It's choosing profit over people. Mm. For a disaster platform that is here to help the public, that would be catastrophic if we mm -hmm. decided to take advantage um, or abuse, you know, people's interests in their most dire time of need. So humane tech is an identification of, you know, what are the pitfalls that we can avoid to make sure our technology isn't taking advantage of people? Um, and how do we, you know, boost that uh, goodness that needs to happen? How do we, you know, avoid polarization? How do we uh, build, you know, togetherness and a shared reality with our technology? So hum humanity-friendly tech is that those three main things, inclusivity and equity, community-centeredness, and then humane technology all in one. Okay. Excellent. And so, like, if we were to take a look, say this, um, you know, Los Angeles Times article on, I think this is the Paradise Fires, which you, you're West Coast too, right? So you're up That's in, right. in That's Oregon. Right. Mm -hmm. um, where does Hazardap fit in here in terms of like the poor, the elderly, too frail to escape? Yeah. Does Hazardap make a difference? So, you know, before the Paradise Fires, you know, 
this community knew that, hey, this is potentially wildfire country. Um, and, you know, Hazzab would have been there before with them saying, hey, here's signs that a wild wildfire is, you know, uh, you know, imminent or that what you can do to prepare your home, how to evacuate quickly and being mm -hmm. sure that you're ready to go. Because one of the travesties that happened with Paradise Fires is how fast it was. And even though we were trying to, the emergency was trying to get alerts out to the public, um, you know, it was, it was so fast um, how quickly that fire spread. So, um, you know, in that response moment, sending out that public alert, not only could they have sent the alert, evacuate now, um, they could have also sent out, you know, wildfire hazard information. So, you know, as they're evacuating, escaping, um, you know, what to avoid, how to protect their breathing and their, you know, their skin as they're trying to get out of this really hazardous zone. And then as they're recovering, um, people going back to their homes uh, and trying to salvage, you know, we have tips and, you know, instructions in Hazardup how to do that well and do that safely for the entire family. Um, and getting connected to recovery resources um, like shelters uh, and other support as you are figuring out this new life post-disaster. So as a product, you see this being distributed by the counties, by the cities, by the towns to their citizens? Totally. So on Blue Sky Days, you know, when we're engaging the public and we're, you know, helping people prepare, this is a tool to help, you know, supplement. Because normally when we have these preparedness events, uh, we only talk about one hazard usually, or we try to do an all hazards approach and mm -hmm. have a go bag. And it's about an hour and hopefully 30 people come, <laughs> you know, and they might take and absorb all that. But we've research has shown that people, you know, are busy and they tend to not prepare um, and tend to kind of fall back on things uh, like insurance policies, right? Well, I've got mm -hmm. something here. Um, and you know, Hazadab is really that tool that emergency managers can say, hey, look, we're here to help prepare and engage you. But just in case, here is a free tool that will help you know what to do before, during and after. Um, and it has languages that maybe I don't have resources for. Um, and I can help reach my community more effectively and more equitably with those additional languages. Mm. Okay. And, yeah. yeah. What's your background to get into this? How did you end up building this tool? So my background is from disasters and diseases. Um, I uh, started off in epidemiology and disease control and really fell in love with public health in that, you know, we're serving the masses and we're helping everyone have a healthier uh, life and well-being. And, you know, I then started to see this potential to continue to grow and it started to get into global health. So my master's was in global health um, and I am an artist, but also a digital communicator. So I really wanted to see how can I combine, you know, disaster response and preparedness and community resilience with my love of, uh, you know, digital tools. And so that's when I fell in love with GIS in my master's mm -hmm. program. And I was, you know, I was on track to become an emergency management GIS specialist. And I was going to go work at Oregon Emergency Management. And I was actually like interning and, um, you know, kind of working with our local communities. And I really saw that need. Uh, and I started doing research and I said, no one's really doing anything about this. So I will. And that started this question of, well, wait, how do we actually uh, create a platform that is ethical and that can actually support community resilience bottom up? Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what started the whole journey to actually do this PhD research. And I immediately started that and actually was able to build the startup during my PhD with, uh, you know, the other students on campus. So Excellent. we, yeah, it was really, really cool to see. And like, I got to propose this to a class and had met my co-founders um, in a computer science course of human computer interaction. 
And the very first time we ever pitched this product was actually to our local community. They had this like local event and there was like Corvallis 2040, imagine preparedness and you know, th that time. And we pitched the idea to, to the community and to emergency managers. And they were like, yeah, we want this. And we won third place. And um, they gave us $200 and said, go get them kids. We want it. <laughs> so <laughs> that was in 2019. Um, and since then, you know, we've just been building, doing the research, building those relationships with emergency management and the community, working hand in hand to really craft this platform uh, and this tool that people can use um, during all sorts of different natural, man-made and kind of random disasters that happen in life. Excellent. What got you into emergency management at the start? Why, why did you choose to do that? Great question. Um, so I come from a long line of uh, first responders. Um, you know, both my parents, grandparents, um, you know, have been in either some form of medical first response or other like bomb squad or <laughs> uh, heart surgery. My mom's in labor delivery. So I kind of grew up with this urgency of, you know, we're there for people on the front lines when it's happening. Uh, and so I was thought I was going to go into medicine, but then I saw public health. We can serve more. And I kind of always had this drive of how can we help the most? Uh, and then I fell in love with global health and was like, oh, we can do the more with global health. And then, uh, you know, really with emergency management, when you're talking about helping people on their, you know, on the worst day possible, when they're the most vulnerable, that's really where emergency management um, comes in because they are there throughout the entire disaster cycle uh, supporting the community. And I just thought that was the most beautiful and highest calling. And I get to apply mm. my love of digital communication in this realm. Excellent. Do you want, do you want to bring up the product and we, we get everyone to yes. look at it? Absolutely. Let me, um, pop it, up, pop it up on the screen here. So this is Hazadab. This is our web tool. Um, so it's available as a mobile app, um, but it's also available online. So Welcome to our homepage. And you know what you'll first see here is uh, an assistant to know when should I call nine one one and what hazards are trending around. Um, so, you know this is actually feedback from directly from a nine one one dispatch that was like, "Can you please help people know when to call nine one one?" And uh, so that was there. But um, what our piece de resistance is is the hazard guide. So, can I ask you to click into there? Uh, yeah, you you go for it. You're you're oh, okay. uh, you're in control. Got it. Got it. Okay. Hey. All right. So our hazard guide. Um, and what this is, is this a massive amount of information uh, written to help people uh, search for or select a hazard. Um, so I'm going to select extreme heat because we've been just dealing with that here um, in the States. Uh, and immediately what it'll show you is what to do if it's happening right now. So I can click immediate emergency actions and it's uh, going to tell you what to do if you need to do some life-saving service. But also it kind of helps you go through other questions and information you might need if it's happening right now. And I can customize this to include information for kids, for pets, uh, for elderly, farm animals, um, and really continue to see how I can support those uh, around me. Um, but you can also, if you are hearing about, you know, heat wave coming, you can prepare uh, and start to see, you know, other, uh, you know, information for that or recover. Now for emergency managers, here's what you're going to love is that you can actually share a specific hazard guide. This is a hazard resilience guide uh, by clicking this tiny link. So you've got this tiny link and this is really formatted. I don't know if I can uh, post in the chat. I'll here, I'll just kind of paste this here in our uh, private chat. Um, that tiny link can easily be, you know, added to an emergency alert. So for an emergency manager, those little text alerts 
you know, typically are very small, you know, one size fits all, uh, there's an emergency coming. And when, uh, you know, people click on that, you know, they get an inclusive hazard guide. If they've got the app, it'll take them to the app. If they don't have the app, it'll take them to the web app. Um, and what's great about having the app is that if there's no internet, you can still mm -hmm. access this information and all those languages. So it's downloaded it, everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So um, this is, uh, you know, a really amazing tool to help connect the public to more information and support emergency authorities as they're trying to reach out and kind of help fill those cracks that may have just happened from, you know, previous alerting technology. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So you were talking, you're talking earlier about the, the three phases, prepare, react, recover. How mm -hmm. does the information differ between those different sections? Oh, totally. So um, just looking in here, you know, when we're recovering, uh, I mean, people think of the disaster, and they usually think of like just the immediate impact, right? And just coordinating response to, uh, you know, get people to safety. But mm. really, a lot of the danger from a disaster is actually in the post um, and just continuing to stay safe as you're trying to, you know, reinstate equilibrium here. So beyond just, you know, personal care, there's also care that you know, you might need to offer for those around you. Um, but, you know, it's also a connection to resources. So if you're going through a crisis, um, not only can you uh, kind of tap into 911, but that's really just life-saving. In recovery mode, um, there might be, um, right, right here, the disaster stress helpline, um, there might be other resources that you can lean on, um, on a national mm. level or local level to help you find that support that you might need. So we also offer that ability to connect you to just helpful resources before, during, and after. Um, and on the mobile app, which you won't see here on the web app, um, on the mobile app, you'll also see a map that when you, if you do need to call 911, it'll give you your location, your coordinates, um, so that you can easily tell 911, hey, here's where I'm at. If you do have texting service with 911, you can copy the coordination and send that straight to them. Um, and that is huge for dispatchers because many people don't often know where they're at when they call for emergency response. Yeah, interesting. And you, you're saying there the um, a lot of the dangers in the afterwards. Was it the was it Puerto Rico? Um, I think I saw. I, I can't remember the official figure for deaths from from the hurricane, but it was very low. But then actually they had excess deaths of four thousand seven hundred that yeah. year. Um, which just gets show was actually an access to healthcare and infection and um, uh, sanitation and everything else in in the in the months after was the disaster, not the actual hurricane. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know disasters that are like really uh, infrastructure damaging, earthquakes, hurricanes, uh, tornadoes. You know, as people try to navigate, you know, maybe a loss of a home or a loss of other important infrastructure, uh, there's a lot of dangers that come with that, especially if you're reliant on electricity, for instance, for your water, your medication, your food. Um, so you are almost completely dependent on another entity. Um, mm -hmm. And most emergency management entities, you know, they do, they, they prepare, they hope, you know, they have enough resources for their public. But as we're seeing disasters become more frequent and severe, you know, they're, they're getting tapped. And so we're having to really reconsider how are we boosting the public to help themselves while emergency management is still trying to also support them during this disaster. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, if, 
If you're an emergency manager watching this now, what would you like them to know? Oh, well, first I would like to know, thank you for your service. Um, I know y'all are out on the front lines um, and it's been a rough season since, <laughs> since 2020, um, especially here, you know, on the West coast, but I would like them to know that one, you know, there is, you know, one of your own out here building tech for you. We've been working hand in hand with our local emergency management, our local community to craft the best potential tool for you to help your community. Um, and two, we're very receptive into your thoughts and feedback. So hit us up, call us, let us know what you'd like to see here. And we want to build that with you to help you support your community resilience. Um, so this is really a tool that doesn't replace 911. It doesn't replace anything in the sense that it fills a lot of those gaps that are really, you know, hurting the public um, when it comes to disaster response. Yeah. And how do, how do they use it themselves? What do they need to do to get this for their county? Totally. Um, so right now, Hazadap is a free service. This is, um, you can just go to, you know, app.hazadap.com. Um, that's that web app I was just showing you all earlier. Um, choose a hazard and take copy that link. You can add that to your public alerts and immediately you've elevated your alert from just an alert to a inclusive hazard resource and information resource. That how do, how do they know that info is good? Who's written that info? What, good we, question. What, yeah, absolutely. So, and I'm going to go back to my screen share. Let me go back to my hazard guide. Um, so I'm going to choose active shooter, right? Cause that's a, that's one that, you know, a lot of people are very concerned about. In every single one of our hazards, we have included all of our sources. So these are professional and credited sources that, um, one, we as a team of experts, it's not just me on the team. We actually have a team of expert emergency managers, public health professionals, and veterinarians um, on the team that help cultivate this information. So we are pulling from national resources and you know accredited research to cultivate this information. Um, and we include all of our sources here as well. Excellent. So, so, yeah. so, so they can trust that this is a good all round piece of advice for people that's being checked from multiple sources. It's got mm -hmm. its sources, but it's been, been uh, written, written by multiple people and checked. Um, so it's very, very easy for them when they're in a rush trying to put something together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we wanted to make sure that this was a product that um, easily used and easily uh, shared. Uh, and that, you know, cultivating that information and making sure that, you know, all of these, you know, which can tend to be really intense uh, web pages. Like, for instance, <laughs> if I go to one of the government web pages, um, this is a lot of information for people to really quickly take in. Um, and this is what a lot of, uh, you know, official government preparedness or, you know, informational websites look like. And for the average public, this looks, you know, we, we tend to call them the gentle public, um, which is all of us, right? We're all gentle public when it comes to disasters. Um, you know, this is a lot of information to absorb at once. So our goal is to really take this information, grab the most important pieces, help reduce and, you know, cultivate that to be easily understandable uh, between a third and eighth grade reading level, and then offer that in easily translated services. People can just come in. Once they get that link, they come straight here. Uh, and then they would be able to choose the language that they would like if they do need that service. Excellent. Um, there's a question in here. Um, yeah. David, you might um, you might let us know where where you're in the UK, but are you part of an agency, or you can just keep writing in the comments. Um, so let me bring this up, Ginny. I don't know if you're able to answer yeah. that. Oh, totally. So right now our apps are US based, um, and that's really uh, you know not 
I wouldn't say the final plan. Our plan is to offer apps all over the world and be a global resource. Our web app, though, is a global resource. Anyone can use it. Our entire system, though, is... Um, okay, nice. Yeah, excellent. Um, you can absolutely use the web app. Now, the one uh, caveat there I have is that we are geared toward a 911-based emergency call system. So for areas that may use a different number for their uh, you know, 911 response, um, it'll look a little different. Right. So when we do finally offer that one that may be just for the UK, we'll follow those numbers instead. Um, but most of our, if, if not every single one of our hazards, you know, and that information will say call 911 or emergency response. So it's not exclusive to 911, but it is geared more towards the American system. Gotcha. Um, well, we've in Europe, we have a European wide number. So there's mm -hmm. three, there's a 112, we'll get you anywhere in Europe, um, we'll get you through to emergency. To the emergency services. I'm just trying to see here if I can get it on the. I, my, I have a phone connected to the uh, Irish App Store. Is it going to let me download it? No, unfortunately. No. Yeah, our apps are no. only in the US right now. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, Soon, though. So Soon. It's the web app only. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. For Not right you. now. Yeah. Excellent. But uh, David says he is in York, UK, York Rescue Boat. Excellent, David. Thanks very much. Yeah. So sounds like this is coming and sounds like something you could send the links out to your citizens in the area um, okay. around things. I'm sure there are items in there like flooding that have very good advice, even if you um, even if you reformat it, some of it or uh, just take it as a base. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Okay. Ginny, anything else you'd like to add um, before we wrap this up? Yeah. So this platform is just our start. And mm -hmm. our goal is to continue to develop tools to build coping capacity in the public. Uh, and so we'll be releasing a few more tools coming up very soon. I would love to come back and talk with you about them when they're out. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, um, we're going to continue to expand off of this platform. So what you see today is just that first step. And this tool, Hazardapp, will always be a free resource for the public. Um, and that's our commitment to make sure that this is equitable um, for everyone, no matter, you know, where you are at on the wealth and poverty scale, this is an approachable resource. Um, and, you know, one thing that I just want to encourage all of emergency management out there is that, you know, y'all are rocking it, we're going to here to support you. Um, and for technology creators out there, um, work with your local emergency management, um, and build technology to that higher level of ethics. The world needs it. The public needs it. Um, and, you know, our goal is to really service the people. So I want to encourage y'all do that, you know? <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I've really enjoyed this chat. Um, um, and I, I would encourage everyone. I think um, Amy is in the in the chat here. She's sharing links to the product. If people want to get onto mm -hmm. that, that web-based um portal wherever in the world you are i know it'll be lots of interest in that from viewers in new zealand and australia even though it's very early there now 7 30 a.m in new zealand guys Ooh, um, good morning new zealand 4 30 a.m yeah. in, in new south wales they're getting there and um, they can watch the recording back um but the the links will be in the comments to Ginny's product has it up Ginny, this is great great and do look forward to talking to you again uh let, wow. let's say um once we come off air here two of us can continue our, our chat Sounds great. Thanks great. for having me. Bye, everyone.